Welcome back to One Winning Pie, where the Ravens delivered yet another preseason victory, 21 straight, defeating the Tennessee Titans, who I still have a slight grudge against, at the bank. It was a really good time. Alec was there, myself. <laughs> I was there with Chris. Alec who? <laughs> I'll just read the notes and I'm like, that's me. <laughs> I was there with Chris and correspondent K-Fish. Uh, it was a great game. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, <laughs> I think somebody said that they sold 64,000 tickets. There were not 64,000 people in the stands. Uh, but nevertheless, a lot of purple seats. Uh, it's preseason. I get it. Our, our whole joke that whole night was basically where it, it's preseason, you know, the players are, are training and they're getting in uh, regular season shape. So are the fans, uh, fans, coaches, <laughs> everybody. So uh, we got time. We got time for people to come back to the bank. But uh, but yeah, it was a good game. Uh, glad we won. It was uh, it was cool, man. The first time with our uh, season tickets was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I was not expecting to see my old apartment from our seats, but uh, fun fact, I can. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. Our tailgate was in preseason form. We decided we need to bring two cars so that we have enough uh, room for equipment like uh, tables and chairs. We were standing and huddling around our coolers. <laughs> not quite uh, as elite of a setup as we may have once we take two cars and we have the seats down and we can really do some damage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, like I said, <laughs> pre- preseason, preseason four, <laughs> preseason four. We're, we're we're getting there. You know, it's it's like you know, it's it's like we're recording on a Monday. It's like it's like coming to work on Monday morning. You know, you're just getting in there, and just like ah, oh, getting over the weekend. Gotta take a little bit to get in there, drink a cup of coffee if you're into that. Same thing with preseason, except it goes on for a month. You know, you got a whole month to, to deal with all that stuff. So, well, the Ravens certainly got off to a good start as we've been expecting from this team. And, you know, if you look at it from last year, I remember that game, we came away with it, and and there was some sloppiness in that game, some turnovers, uh, some more big plays given up by the defense, and you would want uh, a good amount of penalties. But overall, this game felt, um, you know, just look at it at a high level quickly before we go into individual performances. Overall, a, a very solid start by the Ravens. There's definitely some things that they need to improve on, but... Um, overall, you know, a, a lot of promising things came out of this from some guys that we had some questions about. We saw some improvements from some guys. Uh, and yeah, this is a very good start for the Ravens. I think the Ravens were able to get this win leaning on their defense like they have in many preseasons past. Uh, but there were some surprises, I would say, with the defense and just some of the ways we saw them play the personnel. One of the number one takeaways I had is that Pepe Williams played the whole game defensively, all 62 snaps. He played slot corner. He played safety. He found a way to stay on the field, um, and he made his presence known. The first possession of the game, he almost had a pick six. Uh, definitely, I think, was feeling that uh, you know grandness of the moment, his first NFL action. Uh, didn't quite make it, but I can confirm that at the next practice he was at the jugs machine afterwards and i gave him a hell yeah pepe and he seemed appreciative so he's working on it and i think he'll get him next time yeah i tell you what pepe is a great example of just like what i love to see from preseason games you know you love to see some of these late round guys um you know perform you know really well and just get it you know get excited about them you know i definitely would not have predicted you know, Pepe to have a significant role on this team. I mean, sure, like a you know a depth piece who can contribute in certain situations. And I'm not saying that he's a starter or anything by any means. Um, but I mean, to play the whole preseason game and get uh, snaps at corner, at safety, at returner, uh, special teams, um, just like really cool. I mean, I, I feel like for me, it just tells me that the coaching staff has a lot of uh, you know trust in him and, and a lot of you know they kind of want big things from him um and a couple other guys i'm sure we can kind of point out but um i just you know i think it's really cool and it's just it's kind of what you know the these preseason games are all about just finding those guys who 
you know you can get excited about who you know you can kind of follow it's it's you know it's, it's almost a little hipster saying this but it's like you can kind of follow them and get excited about them early before everybody actually finds out that they're good you know um <laughs> so you're, you heard it here first that pepe becomes like a you know a great player for this team or like we called it but uh, <laughs> but it's i, I kind of get that feeling yeah man he's got that dog in him he had that 27 yard punt return as well um, I would not be surprised at all if he becomes our punt returner this year because if I understand Duvernay was a pro bowler last year with his return capabilities, but if we're really leaning on him in the passing game as number two receiver on this team, it wouldn't su- surprise me at all if they move away from him just to like get him out of the uh, injury zone, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, punt returner is always a position where you can find someone more explosive. I mean, I, we know Duvernay made the pro bowl last year, but at the same time, I don't think we were ever feeling super confident every time he was back there that he was a threat to take one to the house. Of course, there's improvement there. And that's not to say Duvernay didn't do a good job at that role because he did last year. But yeah, Pepe definitely showed a lot of athleticism in the game, knew his assignments, really good for a showing for him. And the Ravens giving him that many snaps uh, in this game, literally any every possible snap he could get that's a good sign in the first preseason game that the coaching staff likes what they see from him early. And especially with uh, Stevens on the mend, uh, you know, we could see this guy have an expanded role uh, early in the season. Yeah. I think with Stevens out um, that led to the Pepe Williams getting all the snaps in the game, I would have expected Stevens maybe to play some safety snaps um, later in the game or something. So Pepe didn't have to do all that just because he had some experience with that last year. But, of course, we got to talk about Kyle Hamilton, rookie safety, has first NFL performance. And I would say it had its ups and downs. A lot of people will point out his missed uh, tackle on Willis. That could have uh, you know, been a sack, and instead it turned into a touchdown run by him. But, uh, honestly, the thing that really stuck out to me was the amount of ground that he was able to cover on several plays. And... Uh, I think he'll he'll correct those angles. I'm not too concerned about that long term, but uh, I saw enough from him to think that you know he has some positive game coming up. Yeah, there was one play in particular. I'm searching my notes. I know I have the timestamp here somewhere. Quarter two, eight fifty-eight. There it is. On that play, that was uh, when Willis was uh, taking his time out in the pocket. Pretty sure the Titans were in the red zone, moving to his right. And if you watch the all twenty-two, I mean Hamilton's on the exact opposite side of the field that Willis is going to rush to. And immediately once he sees that Willis is is leaving the pocket, he starts his pursuit and he closes in and he doesn't get the tackle because Willis goes out of bounds, but he puts himself right in position to make that play. And, you know, we know that in the draft process, there were some questions about his 40 time. Certainly didn't look slow on that play. Um, and in other plays in the game, uh, I think we've talked about this. Other people have talked about it too. He's got game speed and I I agree with what you're saying. He'll improve on the tackling angle. And another thing we have to remember, the Ravens aren't running the defense that they're going to run in the regular season. Uh, So for most of the night, Hamilton was likely in a situation in situations that we're not going to see him in the season, especially when the Ravens are going to be playing a lot of big nickel. Uh, You know, he was a lot more in in a free safety role last night, at least from, what I saw. So yeah, you know, it's preseason. Everyone's working on things. They're not going to be finished products right out of the gate. A lot of good with Hamilton and some stuff that needs to get cleaned up. Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, I thought it was, um, overall it was, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, there was a lot to like, um, another play that, uh, I really like from him too, is I think he was more, um, maybe a little bit closer to the box and it was some sort of like play action play. And you saw Hamilton uh, go back in his drops, recognize there was a guy behind him, turn and kind of keep pace with him. And then the quarterback ended up throwing in his direction. It must have been like a deep out or something. Um, but it was an incompletion because Hamilton was in the exact right position to be able to cover that. Um, those are the kind of plays that we need to see from him and, you know, that I'm excited about. You know, hopefully we'll have less of, you know, Patrick Queen being back there or whoever the playing linebacker at the time of being, you know, maybe not recognizing the people behind them. When you have a guy like Hamilton there, like that's a natural thing for him to do. Um, so I thought that was great. The other thing I thought I kind of noticed, and this kind of ties into our next guy, uh, Gino Stone, is that uh, the camaraderie for the safety group, I think is awesome. 
Um, when Hamilton got the fumble recovery early in the game, uh, he and uh, Tony Jefferson went down the end zone. They, they started celebrating. Um, and then later when uh, Gino got his interception in the game, uh, who was their first to greet him, Hamilton uh, and Jefferson and the rest of the guys uh, all went down and, and did like the, the, the group photo kind of thing. So, <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Um, awesome that they have such camaraderie. It's very, it seems very clear from that position group that uh, those guys are really close and they're building something special. So again, like that's another, um, that's another really great thing to see. It's a little bit of an intangible. Um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's it's not a statistic or anything that kind of uh, tracks or anything, but it tells you a lot about you know the the people on this team, and you hope that that builds towards something better in the season. Yeah, the Ravens won the turnover department. They had that fumble that you mentioned that Kyle Hamilton was able to recover, Geno Stone's interception, and a Worley interception that was even earlier in the game. So that's how you win in the preseason: being able to stop these drives and get the turnovers to short fields. That's what, how we were able to convert and and kind of, you know, we weren't always ahead. At one point, the game was 10-7 Tennessee, but then we turned it around and took the lead and never looked back. But yeah, man, Geno Stone, this guy was a, a man amongst boys near the end of the game. Had no real like uh, business playing, but he had to because he's like the quote unquote, you know, one of the worst safeties we have. <laughs> But he's so good. He's had the green dot before. I'm sure he was the one calling plays back there. Just like dominated. He had that one play where he blew up the seam uh, and got the nice tackle and obviously the pick and the recognition. He was all over the field. And uh, he also played the personal protector role on special teams. So he has carved himself a roster spot for sure. Yeah. Gino is um, Gino's going to be a great role player for this team. Um, you know, I know a lot of, you know, there's rumors, I guess, as far as like Chuck Clark and what his availability is, we don't want to talk about that. We don't need to talk about those specifics right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's very clear that the Ravens are going to have a lot of safeties this year. Um, but I mean, Gino to me, it's just, yeah, he, he like that, that drive in particular, man, he was just taking over. It seemed like every play on that drive, Gino was in perfect position to make a play. And not only that, but just like, yeah, he almost had like a sack. He almost had an interception. Then he got the interception. I mean, he just was in the right place, right time, every single, every single play. So yeah, I, I totally agree, Alec. It was uh, he. He looked. He looked like he was a you know, <laughs> like an all pro among like <laughs> among the scrubs or something on that drive. He was uh, you know outmatching all the other guys. Um, but I mean, that's just again, it's just exciting because if he's our fourth fifth safety on this team that's a great problem to have like gina can come in for 20 percent of the snaps or something this year and if he can play in you know those 20 percent of snaps at a level somewhere close to what he showed on that like on that drive that's awesome like that that's amazing depth to have um and it'll open up a lot of you know flexibility and you know um you know ability to shift guys out keep people healthy um so it's a great great problem to have the safety group on this team, you know, we've said it already. Others have said it already. It's going to be so much fun to watch this group once the regular season starts. It's going to give passing attacks headaches with the amount of players they have who can play at a high caliber level, uh, the different looks they're going to be able to do with those guys. And just, you know, I think we just got to give a lot of credit to Geno Stone, too, though. You know, he's on, this is only going to be his third year in the NFL, seventh round pick in 2020, and he's out there dominating other seventh round picks and undrafted guys. Um, excellent find by Eric DaCosta and the Ravens scouting department. And in some way or another, he's going to be making plays this season. Hopefully it'll be minimal because that means the, the group is healthy, but he's definitely going to have a role on this team this year. I'm just so glad he didn't get away from us when he briefly was not on the roster. That's true. I forget about that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of tremendous that he didn't because I want to say the Rams were the ones who picked him up, and you think they would have noticed this? I I forget who got him, but uh, yeah, he he's a player, man. I think it was Houston. I Houston would not be surprised. I, I thought if it was Houston, Houston too. Missed yeah, it was Houston. Okay, so then that makes sense how he found way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Houston gave him a qualifying offer December twenty ninth, twenty twenty. Sorry, sorry, they picked him up. 
on the 29th of December 2020, but did not extend him with a qualifying offer. So the Ravens got him back on March 23rd, 2021. Man, what an oops. Probably kicked themselves. I think they were a little busy. Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a take, what it's they sort of a show about it? Watson, but, you know, maybe they're a little busy with him. Yeah. Well, guys, I, I can't get over this. Travis Jones, all right, third round pick. Jordan Davis, who is all I have to say. This man looks great. Obviously, you know, we got to see him against the higher competition, but I am thrilled to see what he can do as a part of this defense next to Pierce. I think you got two nose tackles who can actually get after the quarterback. And that is something the Ravens haven't had in a very long time. This man was getting double teamed. He was playing well with the double teams. And if he wasn't getting double teamed, he was pushing and making pressures like every time consistently. I am thrilled. I can't get over it. And you have guys like Claudius Campbell speaking very highly of him. And, you know, he doesn't really usually do that unless it's going to be a good player. Like we heard him say that about Adafi Owe. I know they said it about Matabuke as well, and maybe he hasn't quite shown it yet, but we do know that he has similar athleticism. What do you guys think about Travis Jones? Can you believe that he was there in the third round? No. Like, <laughs> and, and Kyle Hamilton did, did play well, as we said. Um, but if, if you asked anyone watching that game, okay, which player on the Ravens was their first round pick this year? I think they would have said Travis Jones. Travis Jones basically did to the Tennessee Titans backup offensive line what Derrick Henry used to do to defensive lines all the time. The man was unstoppable. He was he was just making man plays as a rookie in his first NFL game action. The, the, the sack that he had on Willis at the end of the second half, sure, Willis probably held the ball too long, but just what um, Jones was able to do, that jump he was able to get uh, to put that move on the guard, and then the right tackle just the right tackle just wasn't prepared at all, and Jones's angle was good enough that he was just able to get right by them and wrap up Lewis with a textbook tackle. If that doesn't get you excited about what we're going to see from this guy as a Ravens fan, I don't know what can, because that that's like Travis Jones couldn't have hoped for a better play to have in his first NFL action. And it wasn't just that play. Like you're saying all night, you watch the replays, the offensive line for Tennessee was having a fit of a time trying to get this guy uh, contained he's he's going to be good and he's going to pairing him with Pierce and Campbell and Matabuke it's you know and last year we were talking about how the Ravens needed to figure out how to um jumpstart the youth on this defensive line Travis Jones alone is a huge way to jumpstart getting this unit young and and solid for seasons to come and I don't think we're overstating it after just one preseason game <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't have too much to add in terms of Jones, but yeah, either great game. Uh, a couple other guys on defensive line, like Aaron Crawford, I thought had a pretty good game. Um, I mean, we even got to see a little bit of action from Pierce and, and Urban and some of those guys. I think they looked okay. Another guy I thought who really stood out, um, you know, as far as you know, making like a, a great like day one impact, uh, at least in his Ravens career. Uh, he's more of a vet, but uh, Means I think was. Uh, big impact player at least at outside linebacker um especially i mean considering just like the the really lack of depth that we have in that position group right now i mean uh i mean gosh oa played i think he was in for one snap i'm telling you guys he was in that one snap just to have a used sale jersey okay <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I, I what yeah. he came in for one third down pass rush and then he's like all right i'm good <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was a little weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, he didn't, you know, obviously he didn't play that much. Uh, Justin Houston didn't play. Ty Spouser's not playing. So, um, you know, like Dalen Hayes and Steven Means and a couple other guys who I probably couldn't name off the top of my head. It's in the notes somewhere. But, <laughs> um, I mean, Means looked great. Um, I, you know, obviously, for, you know, he, he's a vet. I think he's on his like eighth seventh yeah. or eighth year or something so he's yeah, been around, he's been around the league for a while and i will i'll admit and i'm guessing it's going to be the same for a lot of ravens fans i had never heard of this guy before but he's been in the league since 2013 yeah yeah i wouldn't have i wouldn't have recognized that but i mean he he looked like a you know a man who's revitalizing his uh his career i mean he looked he looked great 
um, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like in, in hindsight, maybe it says something a little bit about just like the uh, <laughs> the lack of talent on the Titans offensive line that we had so many guys just kind of perform really well. But I mean, nevertheless, I, I think I think means was showing um, a lot of bursts. Uh, I think he was really good at chasing down the quarterback in, in, in a lot of sets. I think he, he just looked really good. And it looked like a player that is fighting for a roster spot on this team. Yeah, I, I mostly agree with that. I did think he was a little slow in run pursuit, but again, I don't think that's what the Ravens are giving him a look at for. We know this team needs pass rush help, uh, particularly from from the edge position. And, you know, it it's a little hard to get a gauge of like how, like you're saying, how much can we uh, take this performance and say that this guy might be a diamond in the rough who's, you know, figu- finally figuring out the NFL game at a late stage, or is it just the Titans were that bad? But, you know, I, I will say I have not looked deeply into this guy's career. But if you just look at the overview of it, um, he didn't really get terribly much playing time until 2020 in his career. Bounced around Tampa, Philadelphia, uh, out of the league in 2015 and 2019. That might have been injury related, um, but played almost every game for Atlanta in 2020 and 2021, um, and his stats were a lot higher. Uh, proportionally to his career numbers in those two years. So um, now again, Atlanta, they don't really have many defensive uh, stars to talk about. So it could have just been, you know, they had no one else, but this guy to to put in there at that position. But it, you know, for a guy who wasn't doing much in his NFL career before that to stick around, you know, it could be he could be a late bloomer. Maybe he's figuring something out and could be a situational pass rusher for this team, and that might be enough, you know, to to help this defense out. So he's definitely someone that I'm really intrigued, and I'm sure a lot of Ravens fans are to see what else he does this preseason, how he plays in games two and three, and how he fits into the roster crunch. As a veteran player, I think he's a less decorated version of maybe McPhee for this Ravens team. And uh, I definitely think, particularly with, uh, you know, Ojabo and Tyus Bowser coming back from the Achilles injury in the short term, he might find a way onto the roster. Maybe he gets, you know, demoted when those two guys are ready to go. But uh, I think he'll he'll play a part in the short term. I guess to round out the outside linebacker position, I think, uh, you know, Dalen Hayes, unfortunately, didn't really show too much in this game. Uh, not to say that he had any, uh, you know, bad plays that stuck out. But he didn't have anything particularly uh, exciting to point out. So, uh, you know, didn't make the same splash as he did last uh, preseason. So definitely looking forward to seeing more out of him in the next two games and trying to get a better judge of where he's at. Yeah, I had the same um, observation with Hayes. There were a couple times you saw him in the backfield um, on pass rushing. Um, unfortunately, in those cases, he would get tied up with the tackle and didn't really make a strong move uh, from my perspective to really threaten the quarterback. Didn't see him too much in in run stop, but again, I might have missed something. But I mean, you know, again, I'm, I'm trying to, to to say like if to double check if I remember whether or not he was involved in these plays, and you know, that kind of that kind of says it all, really. There, he didn't do anything bad, but also didn't do anything to make himself stand out. So. Um, Hopefully for him, he, he's able to get it in some splash plays over the next game or two. Um, but that being said, he's probably, I, I would be really surprised if, if he's on the roster bubble. I think that it's really just coming down to him. He's playing to see what type of role he's going to have on this team. Yeah, another guy I thought who's had a little bit of an up and down game, um, Malik Harrison. I think, he, you know, he had a, a couple a couple good plays, just a couple not so good plays. Um, I recall early on in the game, I think he had a nice um, kind of like recognition. I know, I think it was like a play action pass and he was kind of Mm -hmm. uh, moved up, was able to drop back. He recognized it in the right way. And I think he kind of took away a passing lane and then was able to uh, rally forward and make a tackle. Like that that was a really good play. Um, One that I would, you know, expect a year three, four player to make. Um, So that was good. But in other cases, I think he had a few rushes that just didn't hit home. Um, He he gave up a... 
uh, a bad run play. I think that somebody ran right at him and he just, he didn't hit the right hole and kind of let the, the run play go, go right by him. Um, you know, overall, it's still just like, we're looking for a big jump from him and I, I'm not sure we've seen that yet, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. I feel like a broken record at just saying this, but it's just still a lot of up and down, uh, hoping the things that kind of put together for him, but it's just this game just didn't really look like it to me, um, which is a shame too, because there are a lot of other good uh, inside linebacker play, especially from the undrafted guys. Ross in particular, I think had a really, really strong game. We actually don't even have him on our list here, but um, he had a great game. Uh, and a couple other guys did as well who played uh, in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. Harrison really started out with a strong game. Um, and then just kind of faded as the as the night went on. Um, made some splash plays. Uh, the play you were talking about, Chris, where he made the pickup uh, off the play action. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was two plays later. Um, he made a, a really strong pass rush and hurried Willis into an incompletion on third down where um, if Willis had held onto the ball a split second longer, that would have been a sack. But then after that, it, it just wasn't, very good. Uh, he had a particularly bad play where Willis stumped off the ball to to uh, Hassan Haskins, the Titans running back uh, in the red zone. And Harrison had an angle, but wasn't able to make the tackle. It, it was an interesting game from him because as it started out, I, I remember I was watching and I was just like, oh man, he's he's unlocking it. He's, he's showing what we, what we could really use from him. Uh, but then the rest of the night just wasn't wasn't the same. Um, so definitely going to need to see more from him, but it was encouraging at least to see the good that we saw from him because it seemed to me to be more than, than what we had been seeing from him um, to this point, but we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, I could believe that. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't just him. I mean, I, I think, um, oh, I certainly, think Welch, yeah. I think Welch also had an up and down game. There was another play. I think just a run that he just, again, he didn't, didn't take the right angle and just the guy ran right by him. And then he uh, got caught up in the pursuit. I think it was like a, a 15 yard run or something. So, I mean, he didn't have as strong of a game either, uh, particularly in run, run defense. But, uh, but yeah, like I was saying, Josh Ross, um, I thought had a really, really strong game, uh, especially later, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, kind of, as I say that too, it's, you know, the level of competition, definitely, you know, definitely a thing, right? We're not, I'm not saying at this point that Ross is a better player than either one of those guys, but, um, he definitely looked very strong. He's a, a player. I think he looked very confident and no matter what he was doing, it's like, if he recognized it was a run play, like he was going to make the tackle a very strong tackler from what I saw. Um, or if it's a pass set, he just didn't look very confused. It looks like things at least, um, he seemed to recognize what was going on and then was kind of seemed very confident on it. So I'm, you know, I would look forward a lot to, to see how he continues to play. Um, you know, he's a guy who's, you know, among a couple other players here, McLean, uh, Fago, I think there's a, a number of these guys at inside linebacker who could maybe be the, the, you know, the fifth option there if we want, um, or at least a practice squad spot. Uh, but, you know, they're all kind of uh, clustered around each other right now. So um, if, you know, I, but I do think that if, if any one of them kind of step up a lot in these next two games, I think they make an interesting case for being on the roster. All right. Well, moving on to the offensive side of the ball, the big story on offense uh, was rookie tight end Isaiah Likely put on several highlight reel catches, put on some great moves in the open field, was, you know, we're talking about how this team is, has wide receiver questions outside of Rashad Bateman um, and pass catching questions out, if, outside of Andrews and Bateman, if you expand it to that. But with Duvernay and Prochet out, uh, you really only had Likely and Wallace out there as guys who we really are, are expecting will be guys who will command targets outside of Bateman and Andrews. And Likely certainly showed a very strong game from in the receiving department against the Titans. Yes, it was soft coverage against Tennessee, but I, I still think you look fundamentally what he did. There's a lot there that's showing a lot of potential. The catch he had in traffic was, uh, you know, that's just impressive no matter how you do it. And uh, he should a little bit of wiggle to get the first down in his first catch. Um, 
I know that there's a lot of jokes made of all the jukes that he did and Harbs, you know, poked some fun at him, but each one of those was, in, you know, essential for him to get the first down. So I, you know, I welcome it, you know, he fought for every yard. And uh, yeah, I mean, for all the positives we have for him as a pass catcher, he did commit two penalties and run blocking. Um, but they do seem like easy fixes. If you watch the broadcast, there was an explanation of where his hands placement was wrong. And, you know, if he cleans that up, he'll be all right. So I hope that's true. And I hope he's able to contribute to that because he'll need to be a well-rounded player in order to really be a threat for the Ravens and not just a, uh, you know, basically a wide receiver option. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it, it was really funny. I mean, it, it got to a point in the game. I, I think it was that, um, I think it was that, uh, the, the outplay, I think that was second quarter or something, um, where he, you know, you kind of saw him immediately get behind the linebacker. And then I remember telling you, I could be like, oh, like there, there it is. Like, it, like, you know, throw it to him right there. And he was able to bring that catch down just over the linebacker and the safety. Um, great you know, great play from him. Um, it, you know, it's, it's very clear. I think that he's a trusted target. Um, <laughs> I mean, at this point, like, I think we've all seen enough highlights, uh, from training camp from him enough to know that like quarterbacks do trust him and they want to get him the ball. Um, so yeah, he, he's definitely, he, he's definitely shown to be a weapon. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, the holding penalties, you got to clean those up. You know, I think, I think that's the kind of the only knock on him right now. But uh, yeah, a lot to be excited about. I think he was, I think by, well, I don't want to say by far because I think I think some people were pretty excited about some other players that we'll get to. But um, I think in terms of the, um, you know, drafted rookies, I think he might have been one of the most exciting ones to watch. Another guy that, um, at least for me, who I was actually really excited about uh, that I'd like to talk about is um, Falele. You know, I think the, you know, the big news out of camp from him is just that, um, you know, he had a little bit of, a little bit to go and that he you know might not be ready would need a lot of coaching to be able to get things up um i thought he looked i thought he looked great you know in terms of pass blocking i thought he looked great what i was kind of expecting him to uh let some guys get around him of basically not getting his depth enough or not getting hands on guys um i know that's you know one kind of knock for a lot of players his size is that you know hey you may not have the foot speed or be able to get actually use your your size to be able to knock guys away from you i don't think he had a problem with that whatsoever um he looked great from my perspective in pass blocking um run blocking i think there were a few plays that he looked pretty good at um in general i thought run blocking as a whole was a little weak uh, i felt like some guys were just not getting enough push up front i mean it's it's not uh, unexpected uh for preseason for a lot of these young guys they have to get used to a lot of of that stuff but um i, I don't want to call out Falele and say he was a bad run blocker um but but i thought maybe there could be some improvement there but as a whole i mean i was really really impressed he was one of the guys who i was watching live for most of the game and i can only point out like maybe one or two plays that i thought like oh like that didn't look so good he might have to clean it up most of the game i thought he looked really solid well, Falele was out there from the first possession and was out there until the last two uh, at right tackle. And I was impressed by that. I thought maybe that they would show a little bit of play for Moses, but I guess not. They're giving him the special vet treatment like they gave Zeitler. But he was out there and I thought he did quite well as well. I would say the biggest thing with him is that <laughs> he looked better out of his stance than he's been in like the stadium practices or in previous uh you know film study pieces that we've done maybe like the senior bowl for instance but the funny part is like even when he was slow out of his stance it didn't really matter because he's so big <laughs> and he was yeah. still able to dictate you know contact and be able to win the rep and that's what's super exciting about him is because that's extremely correctable right a lot of the things that are wrong with Lele's game are very correctable fundamental things that you know if he puts in the effort and the time with the frame that he has and everything else he'll be dominant and i thought the other great thing to see was that he was able to play that many snaps and not fall off you know stamina was a concern of his being that that big of a guy and his conditioning where was it at i mean there's a lot to like about what he was able to show i've you know raised my ranks so to speak of him i would say that Next year, he'll be our right tackle. And I think if there's something wrong with Stanley, 
it would not shock me if he's able to switch to the left-hand side and, and become serviceable there as well. But uh, I definitely think he's the right tackle of the future, and that makes me super excited. And, you know, we have Moses if we need to, but it looks like already they have a lot of positive signs to say that, yeah, Falele is going to take the step and he's going to be able to be that guy uh, and, and, you know, with some more practice. It was really exciting to see the early t- uh, returns on Falele uh, in this game. Um, you know, we were talking back in March with um, a coach, I believe it was, and we were talking about how are the Ravens going to approach the tackle position going into the offseason and free agency, going into the draft um, at that time. And we talked about how it was like a little bit of a logic puzzle there. Like, what do you do? Um, because you don't want to put too much capital towards replacing Stanley if he's going to be okay. But at the same time, you don't want to sell yourself short and make the same (laughs) mistake that you made in 2021. Um, And, you know, in retrospect, Right, or let's put it this way. Right now, it looks like the Ravens played the exact correct middle ground that they should have taken. They drafted a developmental right tackle with a fourth-round pick. They didn't use one of their their early picks on this guy. They saw a guy who's a physical freak, uh, a unique physical asset um, who is coachable. That's what we're seeing right now. You know, we're seeing the improvement already from the start of training camp to this point. And a guy who, yeah, I agree with what you're saying, Alec. He is an, a very intriguing insurance policy. If something is truly wrong with Stanley and if Stanley is, is fine. Give this guy another season or two to work these correctable, these correctable miscues that he has right now and he'll be ready to start in in the starting lineup and you know best case scenario you've got Ronnie Stanley on the left and Falele on the right uh that that is an excellent tackle pairing or has the potential to be an excellent tackle pairing if that's indeed what happens so I know there's some people who who really get into the technicals of the offensive line who who will are a little less bullish on the guy um but you know it's kind of like Lamar. If you have exceptional skills or exceptional physical traits in the NFL, you know, you're able to stick around long enough and rely on those while you're getting coached up. Um, you can set yourself up well. And in in that regard, I think Falele is a bit raw right now, but if he just if he's able to use his his massive frame and what skills he does have right now, to solidify himself and give himself time to craft his game uh, and become a more well-rounded tackle. There's a really bright future in the NFL for this guy. I think the Ravens are starting to get it. And I think with Eric DaCosta, they're really leaning on this is that they, they, they draft the freaks <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and they trust that they can coach him up. Right. Like everyone was complaining, OA didn't have the you know production. He had no sacks, but he was the fastest man alive at the combine, and he immediately started having some returns. And yeah, he has some places he can refine his game, and we know, and we have trust that he will do that. So once he gets the you know technicalities down of the position with his physical gifts, he'll be a stud player. And when you go in the fourth round and with your first pick, pick up a tackle prospect who has just otherworldly size where he makes large men look small <laughs> and, you know there's a chance <laughs> that with our excellent pedigree of offensive line um coaching that he could become a really good player so i'm all about this i think you know i think there's there's a lot to look forward to and that's the thing that like gets me most bullish if the people who look at it super technically are making the nitpicks like technical things can be fixed right it's not like he has you know a frame problem or he's not strong enough like he'll he'll have all that so i uh i i like it i like what i'm seeing i think we gotta move on to the other mountain of a man <laughs> you know the, the, the slightly <laughs> slightly smaller mountain yeah. of a man <laughs> yeah we, we call it mount Falele, but before it was mount cleveland so <laughs> you know, Cleveland had a pretty promising game. He had a couple pancake blocks. He had, uh, <laughs> I love how that notes. It says maybe a waffle. Uh, 
I'll admit, I don't want to, you know, I don't 100% know if I know what a technically a pancake is. So I'm like, you know, I, I thought that block there was a pancake, but it might have been a waffle. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's some kind of batter breakfast item. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> he was blocking a man and then the man was on the ground and he was on top of him. That to me seems like a pancake. <laughs> <laughs> or a waffle press. <laughs> what about a panini? Yeah, there you go. That's not, that's not batter base, is it? No, no, it's just bread. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, Cleveland, un- unfortunately, you know, he didn't pass a conditioning test on the first or second try to start camp. Um, I'm sure him and this coaching staff would have loved for him to do that. But, you know, it was a great bounce back effort from him. Run blocking, there was a lot of instances where, um, I know he said overall the run blocking could have been better in this game, but I think Cleveland actually did have a very good game um, in the run blocking department, uh, got out on some pools, some, which was good to see. And the, uh, on Nate McCrary's run, his big run, Cleveland had an exceptional block on that play, uh, at the left guard position that sprung a huge hole, uh, for McCrary to run through. Um, Phillips held his guy well too, but I think Cleveland was really the deciding block in that way. And, you know, pass protection, this guy has gotten a knock that, you know, that's an area he needs to improve. You know, I I didn't watch his pass protection sets as closely as others did. But what I did see, um, you know, particularly in the end of the second quarter, he had some pretty good sets there where he was able to just kind of keep guys at bay, uh, not let them get much penetration, um, not let them get get him out of his stance. Uh, You know, it, it was promising. It was from from my perspective, it looked better than what we had seen from him last season, and definitely a solid effort for him. Uh, much needed too, I think, after the the disappointment with the conditioning test. Yeah, he had a combination block that helped spring a six yard run, which is one of the bigger runs of the day. Unfortunately, the line didn't get too much push when it came to run, uh, you know, run blocking. So the running backs, it was kind of hard to evaluate them, but. Yeah, after the first drive where power started at right guard, uh, Cleveland came in and he took over for the next five possessions. And then he flipped over to the left-hand side for three possessions. So he got a pretty long run in the game uh, on this as many snaps as Filele. I guess the real question with with Cleveland, and we'll also talk about Phillips, um, I guess. Phillips also had a, a decent game at starting at guard. Is, is who we think after this game it's looking like is going to have the first crack at that left guard position. Sure, there's plenty more of preseason camp to come, but if there was any of those guys that you know took a bigger step towards that role than anyone else. I mean, Powers is a weird one. He played right guard for just that first possession, like I said, then switched to center for two possessions and then was out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um don't know what they're doing there. Part of me thinks they're just trying to audition him to be able to trade him, but also give him some valuable reps at center so that, you know, if our number one option, number two option falter for some reason, he's still there. So it's looking like, you know, if we don't trade powers, he'll be the backup center instead of Cologne. I mean, McCary would probably be the number one backup center, but just saying like after that, if we're going to have more positional depth, you know, I think it was one of those things where Cleveland gained some ground, Phillips lost some ground, uh, just because of the uh, you know correlated nature of their performances. I I've heard a mixed bag when it came to evaluating Phillips. I thought he had a good pool, but um, you know, other than that, like it seemed to me that Cleveland and the reps he had had more push and more like domination. And the sample size is like way too small to say too much. But what I would say, and I think Chris would agree with me on this, is that when Cleveland came into the game, suddenly the run attack looked a little bit better. Because one of the first things we said on the first possession was that they weren't getting much push. And that kind of changed, it seemed, after that possession. And they were getting a little bit more push. And, you know, Cleveland was a part of that. So, again, very small sample size. First drive versus the second drive, adjustments, etc., but it was something we noticed, and it means, to me at least, I want to keep an eye out for that in Game 2. I definitely agree with that, yeah. Um, yeah, the, I I think it's a great point, though, about Powers. Of 
of just yeah when seeing him at center was a little bit of a head scratcher um you know but yeah i just i I can't i don't know at least at this point i just i can't really see him as like a backup center in that role um just because i don't think he has any other prior experience at center uh for that but um you know if if that's so maybe you know deal with the trade i could see it i mean we had already talked about how we have seemingly all these guards and nobody has really stood out so um to kind of remove one variable from the equation when you have two other guys who could probably take the role seems reasonable um but yeah i mean i i guess i would kind of agree maybe cleveland but i also don't feel too strongly enough about my evaluation of him to say that he's got the job at this point but i 100 percent, alec i'm with you sample size is a little small for me but game two and three we'll find out a lot more about uh who has the leg up right now yeah i think i agree with that um i think going into this game phillips seemed like the clear front runner just because he's been with the team longer and the you know the team knows what he can do and cleveland needed to show more uh to this point and i think cleveland cemented himself firmly in the role as a competition with Phillips after this game. Uh, again, like you guys are saying, small sample size, so we'll really have to see over the next two games. But um, that's always a good thing to see when you see positive play from from both guys in a competition. Yes, there were some things that both of them you know, could have done better, could have cleaned up, but overall promising play from from both those guys, which hopefully, you know, as, as Ravens like to say, iron sharpens iron, so hopefully... Phillips sees that Cleveland, Cleveland's got his, his game ready to go. So that'll uh, make him play better and Cleveland will play better and we'll get the best version of whichever one of those guys ends up uh, with that starting left guard spot on week one. I think we can move on to talk briefly about the running backs since we kind of alluded to them in our discussion with the offensive line. I don't really think there's that much to talk about with the running backs, um, mainly because of what you guys said. There weren't many holes uh, for them to go through. But I will say one of the guys that, that did stand out a little bit to me, uh, was justice Hill. He looked like a different back to me. He looked quicker from what I remembered the last we saw of him. Um, I thought he made some good moves in the open field, the little opportunities that he did get for that. I noted two instances in pass protection where I thought he did it, performed his assignment very well, which was good to see because I know that was something we were talking about him. His rookie year is something that he would need to improve on um, as someone who's a little bit of a smaller back to stick around in the league for longer than he, than, you know, generally someone drafted at his position would. Uh, I'm intrigued with Justice Hill. I want to see more of him. And if he continues on what he showed in this preseason game, I'm wondering if he could take away the number three rushing role from Mike Davis when Gus Edwards comes back. Uh, I could see that happening. Um, wonder what your guys' thoughts were on what you saw from Justice Hill. I got to be honest. I was surprised he was out there. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, he was, he, yeah, he looked extremely quick. I mean, I, <laughs> the first thing I immediately thought, I, I wasn't paying too closely, uh, you know, close attention to uh, the injury reports, but I would assume that he would have been a little bit uh, behind. <laughs> but I think that, you know, after seeing his like first two runs, I was like, no, no, very clearly he is healthy. He is good. Um, he has absolutely no drop in burst whatsoever. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I was pretty surprised, you know, I, I, I definitely think, you know, he could, he could have a role in this team. Um, I, I think, you know, for Mike, for Mike Davis, you know, again, like I, I'm not sure I saw like, too much too many flashes from him but i also don't know if i've seen enough to say that like oh he's not the guy um you know i i think really in my mind the only question is whether dobbins is like for sure a lock week one and then what's gus's situation um you know i think if if dobbins is likely going to be there i think davis and hill both can have spots on the team now for gus um you know, I, I think it's just a matter of like, okay, is he off? If he can get off the pup before week one, um, then I think the math becomes a little bit more tricky. But yeah, I'd love to see more of, of justice. Um, love to see you know better run blocking games two and three. Uh, I you know I definitely think he could be a guy who has some highlight uh, runs next two games for sure. 
Yeah, Hill showed good burst. He looked like he was relatively healthy. I thought that he had some good pass protection, which is really critical to see given what he's trying to do and what role he's trying to play on this team. So, yeah, I mean, definitely want to keep seeing more out of him and see if he's able to stake a claim for that roster spot. You know, I thought Mike Davis looked pretty good, too. And I thought he had, you know, some pretty good vision. I, I'm always a little surprised by his burst. I mean, he's not like the fastest player. Don't get me wrong. But again, I think just adjusted to other elder statesmen running backs we had last year. I'm like, oh, look, he can actually make some moves. Um, you know, Beatty, he didn't have too much of a action in this game. He had a nice screenplay that he was able to gain nine yards on. Um he had two runs that were not particularly interesting. Uh, they just, you know, existed. So I, I want to see more out of this group in general. I think there's a log jam there. I think they're going to end up going with years of control uh, and whoever has like the most to offer as far as stability for the offense. I don't think they're looking for high ceiling with some of this, I think they look at the ceiling from Dobbins and Beatty and whoever else makes the team is, is a f- pure floor play. That's an interesting take, but I think I, I, I see what you're saying and, and I could certainly see that being the case. Um, yeah. Like you're saying, if you've got Dobbins doing his thing, I mean, he's a pro bowl talent if he's on his game, 100% and fully healthy. Uh, so, you know, you've got what, what you've got out of him and then, you just need to make sure you've got guys who can do their role and, and spell him. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely see that being the way they could go. Um, and I, I think Hill could be that guy. I really do. We've seen flashes from him in the past. Uh, he's just never really had the opportunity to get a, a good amount of touches to show what he can do. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Cause like I said, they did draft Beatty. So they're certainly expecting something out of him. And if you take Hill over Mike Davis, well, you're kind of uh, losing the in between the the guards bruiser that Gus is until he gets healthy. So I could see them going with Davis over Hill just from that standpoint. But I certainly think that Justice Hill looks healthy and is in a shape a game shape that is going to give the Ravens uh, some very hard questions of what to do with him when it comes down to the roster crunch, if he continues on this path in the preseason. Yeah. I mean, he'll also offers things in special teams. I mean, he's a player that I think adds value to a roster in the NFL. That just, it just comes down to the question of how the Ravens are going to be able to assemble theirs. And if it makes sense for him on their roster, but I think he has a future in the league regardless Moving on, uh, the next position group we'll look at is the wide receiver position. Um, again, like we said, the expected top three guys on the depth chart for this position, Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay, and James Prochet did not play in this game. Tylen Wallace is a guy who the Ravens drafted last year, who several are, are high on, um, the three of us included. Uh, he did get some snaps in this game, but didn't really get a chance to, to show what he could do really. Um, I think along the lines of Dalen Hayes, a guy who, who didn't do anything bad, but also didn't really get an opportunity to to show terribly much. And it'll be nice to see more from him uh, in the future preseason games this year. Yeah. I mean, that's if he plays. Um, you that's know, true. He, he, was, yeah, he was in a few snaps and then uh, you know had an issue with his ankle. Um, just a guy kind of wrapped him up and kind of tweaked it a little bit. So yeah, it's up to the coaching staff is if they want to play him or not. Um, but yeah, it was certainly disappointing. Um, I was kind of expecting a little bit more from Wallace, but you know, hopefully his, uh, his ankles are right and he's able to, to come back, but, um, not too soon. It's like, we, we don't need him. <laughs> we don't, we don't need him right now in the preseason, but it, it would have been exciting to kind of see him uh, perform more. Yeah. Other than that, like, I mean, there were a lot of, you know, I think a lot of good plays, um, pockets of good plays from a couple of guys. Um, Shamar Bridges, I think was the big one. Um, he had a pretty great game. Um, you know, it was just a, a, a trusted guy for quarterbacks to throw to. I think he ended up with a touchdown. He looked, you know, he looked pretty great. Um, you know, he would be a guy that over the next like couple of games, if he continues to, uh, look, uh, pretty good and stand out, 
I could see, you know, it being a more realistic question of him of whether he deserves a roster spot or not. I think Bridges is a really interesting case. You know, the Ravens have tried and really not had much success to find uh, a tall, big-bodied wide receiver target um, who can basically do what Bridges did in the preseason game, you know, run nine route and get those jump balls, uh, get the jump balls in the corner of the end zone. It's a dimension to the offense that outside of tight ends, they really haven't had. And, you know, sure, receivers who are shorter than than six foot five or whatever Bridges is, um, incidentally, if you guys watch the beginning of the broadcast, it's funny. There's a sideline shot and you see Bridges and he must have been around a bunch of like uh, running backs and linebackers because he's like just a head taller than everyone who's in the frame with him. There's like 12 other people there between players and coaches. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. But yeah, you know, I, I think that especially with the loss of Hollywood Brown, who was an underrated red zone threat for this team, um, maybe Bateman can, can step up and, and be that guy. I think we all believe he can be. Um, and we're it's a still a little perplexing as to why he wasn't more of a red zone threat than he was last year. But but even if Bateman does step up and he's able to be a strong red zone target with Andrews, having a guy like with the skill set of Bridges as, as like a number five receiver who's only in there for certain packages, that could be something that could really help this team in, in the red zone. Um, you know, having that that tall athlete for defenses to contend with. Now, it was just one game. We're going to have to see uh, how this continues during the preseason and, again, the the roster crunch. But he is someone that I am keeping an eye on and I think is intriguing going forward. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the big body receiver, um, I I just I feel like Bridges showed a little bit more this game than some other guys. Like Benjamin Victor was another guy who's been around for a couple of off-seasons. But I just feel like he hasn't shown the same kind of ability to, like, go up and get it. Bridges, it seemed like very clear from the catches that he had that he was not afraid to go up and just get that ball. Um, you know, and there's a couple other guys in that, you know, mix as well. I think uh, Jalen Moore, I think, is another guy, um, you know, who might be in there. But yeah, I mean, certainly, like, I, I you know, I'm not saying he is for sure going to make the team. Um, you know, he could very well pan out to be another Aaron Millette, Tommy Streeter type. <laughs> you know, that, that could happen. That's very realistic. But. Um, you know, it's certainly, it was good to see. Um, it, it seems like something that he wanted to show off and it kind of got the opportunities to, and it just, everything worked right for him this game. But, uh, yeah, you know, over the next two games, if we continue to hear his name, I think it becomes more realistic that he could have an opportunity. Like you said, Peter, one of the things to note with bridges is that he was called into the game a little later than guys like Benjamin Victor, Mackay Polk and Jalen Moore. So he was playing against a little lesser competition. So I think with what he was able to show us, I would suspect that he'd be one of the first people out with the first team, quote unquote, in Arizona. I, I think that's the biggest thing we can take away is like, okay, in his tears of, of you know, bringing him out, so to speak, he deserves a little bit more uh, time. And I can say, you know, like one practice later, I saw him with the first teams, you know, <laughs> but you know, I also saw Ben Mason with the first teams. So I don't get too twisted, you know, like it doesn't really mean anything yet, but I'm you know, twisting you- myself right now <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> Peter is twisted. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it, I, I'm excited. I'm glad that he showed flashes. I'm glad somebody in the wide receiver crew made some flashes, right? I think Makai Polk was probably number two in that. And, we just got to keep seeing more and more of it against a little bit higher competition. One of these guys is going to make the team, like we said, and we got to see if that actually continues at all with the opportunities given, which might be not that many, mattering on health, etc. in real games. Because like right now, they're like you said, they're just like one of these camp darlings or one of these preseason darlings. We got to see it translate. But like, you know, it'd be worse if we had no one to talk about here. 100%. And, you know, I... My my initial instinct after the game was to completely brush off Bridges' performance and and Polk's performance as well. You know, we can talk about Polk. They he didn't have the big highlight plays that Bridges did, but he had did a lot of little things really nice. Um, made a one handed catch along the sideline early in the in the second half. Um, had a small screen play. Um, really solid game from Polk as well too. 
And, you know, I really wanted to brush off because we like Chris was saying, you know, Streeter, he, he was a preseason darling for the Ravens back in what was that 2016 or whatever. Um, I remember in, in middle school, my dad and I were super high on Randy Himes because he would go in in 2004 and 2005 and just dominate in the preseason and do nothing in the regular season. Um, but, you know, maybe the Ravens will be able to find one of these guys one day. Other teams are able to do this, not often, but, you know, there are cases of, of teams finding late round free agent wide receivers and them turning into at least a solid contributor with a, a set role in an, in an offense. So I will say, you know, track record with what the Ravens have been able to do with finding this talent at the wide receiver position from the undrafted players is way, way behind where they're able to in pretty much every other position. But that being said, it could happen. I'm I'm not going to write it off completely yet, but I agree. It's, it's not likely that either of these two guys develop into something who's going to be a key cog in, an, in this offense um, or even a, a role player in this offense. But there's a possibility. I think it was nice to see that Anthony Brown was able to provide quality passes uh, to the wide receivers and the playmakers in order to evaluate them. That was one thing I was a little concerned about was, you know, <laughs> these backup quarterbacks after Huntley, are they able to give us solid reps so that we can really make evaluations of the talent. And I felt like, you know, uh, they all did that. So that, that was positive as well. Uh, just from the quarterback perspective, I don't suspect any of these guys making the team, but hopefully they're able to keep them around in the practice squad. I agree with that. And I, I think that's about as much analysis as we need to give for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think, uh, with that, we're going to move on to the special teams, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. Stout came in, and was able to, you know, do punt things. He also took some kickoff duties, um, which I thought was fascinating because he had two different approaches. One of them was a traditional approach, like you see out of any other kicker, and the other was like a, a, you know, three step back, little like, you know, blast off kick. They had some decent hang time and landed between you know the five and the end zone, um, and I guess he was just trying both out. It was very interesting to watch. Yeah. So. I don't know if if you guys had heard anything. Is there talk of maybe Stout taking over kickoff duties for Tucker, maybe to save his his leg, or is that just you know just see what the guy can do, um, just in case for whatever reason we would need him to do that in a game? I think it's a little bit of both. We recall back to Stover's end of career that was mm-hmm. something they did, and you know Tucker's not even remotely at end of career. But if you suspect that Stout's going to be the kicker of the next fifteen years. Uh, then yeah, like there's probably going to be a crossover point where maybe Tucker isn't kicking off anymore and they just let Stout do it. Um, so I, I mean, I think it was one of those things just to give him some experience. Like Stout's kicked the ball off a million, t- or rather Tucker's kicked the ball off a million times. He has no need to have to do that in an NFL preseason game. So let Stout do it, get some experience, and go from there. That's true. That makes more, it made more sense. I was just overthinking it. But <laughs> Well, Anyways. and also like I would say, like I would thought maybe Stout might kick a field goal. But uh, obviously, they were more interested maybe in him getting more reps as a holder. So, uh, you know, the ball was held and the ball went through the upright. So no complaints from my end. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be good enough and claim that I'm good enough to say like, oh, that was a good one or a bad one. I mean, you knew it when you saw it with bad holds and with a larger sample size of a season, maybe we'll have a better idea. But uh, so far, reliable and looked like it was right. Yeah. I mean, I don't see a need that we need to have stout kick field goals. I mean, we're not chopping him, so, you know, we're not trying to flip him for a fifth round pick. So, you know, uh, <laughs> please, he's he a can, fourth round pick. He's at least a third or a second. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We need more of a return. Um, who needs, yeah, who needs, who needs a kicker and who's willing to spend the high draft capital? Cleveland isn't because they don't have one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was cool to see, um, very versatile um i'm you know looking forward to kind of seeing how this guy progresses but i hate you know i, I hate to do this because it's not raven talk or anything but like i stout's my guy man like it just I, I think we saw a lot of good things a lot of versatility from him everybody's like just like fawning over arazia and his like 82 yard punt which is not an 82 yard punt it was a touchback so it was only 62 um <laughs> You know, he's got a big leg and everything, man, but just like, okay, like, whatever. I don't know. We've had this conversation before of just, 
you know, it doesn't really matter if you can kick it out of the stadium. If it's touchback, it's touchback. Like, doesn't help field position. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we didn't see Stout consistently pin teams back, you know, on the five or anything. You know, it wasn't like, you know, and amazing kicks. But um, I think he's got more than enough power. Um, the fact that he can do kickoffs, I think, shows that he's got more than enough power. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think, you know, he's going to be good. Um, I think he's everything that you could expect from a, a rookie punter. Yeah, I mean, from a punting perspective which I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on. But, you know, I, he, it seemed to me like he had a solid game. Technically, it was four punts by the box score, but five punts in actuality. His first, very first punt was um, there was a penalty that was called back, and he had to re-punt. But, you know, all of them ended up with the, the offense starting somewhere between the 16 and the 24-yard line. Um, and he was punting all those punts from various depths. I, I don't have in the notes where the punt was from but you know that's that's what you want from from your punter he went out there he punted the ball well you know on the last punt I know the announcers were were saying that they from their perspective he was he was trying to do a corner uh corner punt kind of pin that one inside the the 10 didn't work out uh it's preseason he might have been working on a, a punt technique that he's less skilled on at the current moment but yeah, you know, again, I'm not going to sit here and say like I can say for certain he had a great game, but from my perspective, it looked like a very solid outing. Um, certainly something that the Ravens should feel comfortable with uh, in the field position battle if he continues to go along that path in the regular season. I'd say not to go unnoticed. The Ravens are silently trying to create the most attractive special teams unit. I got a lot of comments about <laughs> Stout's looks. <laughs> And I mean, Nick Moore, I looked, I pulled him up. He's not too bad himself. Obviously, Tucker has been swooning over the uh, Ravens watching public for years. So I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. They're maybe the NFL's best looking special teams unit. We certainly know how that'll <laughs> contribute to all in the field performance. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what you guys get if you've listened for this long the true hard hitting analysis. <laughs> no one's going to block Stout's kicks. They're going to be like looking at those luscious locks and be like, damn, dude. What conditioner do you use? <laughs> oh, man. So is he going to replace uh, Troy Polamalu in the... the uh, <laughs> shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Never not working. <laughs> oh, man. I had to throw in a little bit of comedy at the end there. Guys, it was a great time talking about this preseason game. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, big preseason game coming up. The NFL afforded the Ravens the opportunity to go to Arizona and pregame what will be the Super Bowl destination for them later in the season. Can't understate that. Figure out the places to sleep and to eat and hang out. So good stuff. Thank you, NFL. Uh, We'll be back to analyze that after that Saturday game. You can find us on Twitter, OneWinningPod. You can also email us, OneWinningPod at gmail.com. We appreciate you guys interacting with us and talking to us and listening to the show. Go Ravens.